Welcome to the Florence Guild podcast, a collection of conversations with business and cultural leaders delivering insight into future approaches to business and life. Through conversations in an array of styles, from salon talks to lifestyle events, through to intimate facilitated lunches and dinners, Florence Guild promotes encounters, satiates curiosity, and allows insight into future approaches to business and life. The following Florence Guild conversation was recorded live at Work Club Sydney, Australia's most forward-thinking workspace. This episode's conversation is about the anti-disciplinary future that lies ahead. In a world of exponential technology growth and information at the tip of our fingers, anti-disciplinary approaches are needed to create the conditions for innovation in business. So what is an anti-disciplinary approach and why are the traditional ways of work changing? Let's ask Soren Trumpeduck, a passionate observer and engineer of what makes work work and Work Club's visionary, a thought leader on innovation and the new work culture. Soren has an impressive 20-year career in leadership positions and continues to provide consultancy on workplace optimization to industry leaders such as Google, Deloitte, NAB, and Facebook. The Anti-Disciplinary Future, a Florence Guild conversation with Soren Trumpeduck. So the narrative is anti-disciplinary. And I'm not an subject expert as such in this area. I'm just very, very interested in this topic and, and I guess passionate around it because I think it sort of links into everything that we're trying to do with Work Club and Florence Guild. So for me, it, it was a narrative that I wanted to create for the rest of the year of Florence Guild. And I guess in sort of putting that narrative out there, I also wanted to explain how we actually define that you know what is it before doing so as, as far as I'm concerned it's really around business it's around what's the future of business what's the future of work and how can we try and adjust or look ahead as much as possible and be prepared and it doesn't matter whether we're that individual working from home or a big corporation it's really the same I think for everyone so before I just go into interdisciplinary I'm just going to take a step back and just most of you know the story of, of Work Club, but I'm just going to very briefly sort of give you, you know, how, how it all started. Um, and maybe start with my own background as well. Most of you know it, some of you maybe don't. But um, I've worked with spaces like this, you know, a lot in the past with uh, companies like Google, Microsoft, uh, bigger firms around the world in terms of their spaces, um, offices, and I have views and opinions about space and how to create spaces for creativity or whatever you want to achieve out of your space. But that was never the main driver of, of Work Club. The main driver was really diversity. And, um, you know, I, I, I wrote the idea in 2005 and it was really centered around diversity. And it's from a theory that I have and have had for a long time and just a very short version of that theory. It's, uh, it's around Leonardo da Vinci. He lived in the early Renaissance uh, period in Florence, where that was the center of the world in terms of new ideas, lots of new cultures coming together, new inventions. And he at the time was very, I think, calculative around who he surround himself with in his local network, because he felt diversity in that network elevated the quality of his works. So again, that's a short one. I think if you fast forward it forward to today, it's even more 
um, relevant today because of all the disruption, all the changes that are happening, and I'll talk about that later through that paradigm shift that we're going through right now. It's just creating so many changes and questions, I guess, you know, and, and where do we find answers? If we operate in our own silos, industries, networks, tribes, call it whatever you like, we're just less likely to find some of those answers. If we move ourselves outside of our own discipline, tribe, network, industry, we increase the probability of at least getting different perspectives. So for, for me, it was always about how do we get that diversity? And I felt Work Club's role is really to create that or curate that diversity at point of entry as a member. And then, you know, really the diversity to me is almost like, it's almost like the permission to play in the future. You know, the future being anti-disciplinary. And if I should, should try and define what anti-disciplinary is, to me it's like a white piece of paper. And basically, you put black dots, all the black dots is disciplines we know today. All the white bits are disciplines that we don't know yet is going to appear. You can look at that from a very, um, you know, it's a scary thing or it's an exciting thing. You know, you can look at it from many different angles and you can argue both ways. But why not try and explore what it is, you know, and what's likely to happen? I think none of us knows what's going to happen, but the more we can talk about it, the more we can try and look forward, maybe the more choice we have to try and reflect on what does that actually mean for, our, for ourselves. Um, so the whole anti-disciplinary, it, 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 one of the key reasons I think why it is happening and why we're having this paradigm, I call it paradigm shift at the moment, is based on probably um, mainly two parts. One is uh, the internet, so information being available to um, almost everybody, you know, and will be in the coming years. So information is long, no longer at the core, it's actually available everywhere. Um, Moore's law of technology, so exponential growth of technology doubling up every 9, 12, 18 months or so. So the capabilities of technology is just, you know, started 30 years ago, 40 years or 50 years ago, depending on how you, you argue. And it was very small increments. Now it is exponential increments, increments that is almost impossible to understand and in the, understand the effects or, or the outcomes from. These are the two main reasons why I think we're going through this paradigm shift. And again, I don't think it really matters whether we like it or not at this point. For me, it's more, I prefer to know more about it. I'm curious, what does that actually mean? How can I try and you know, run work club in a different way or look at, look at the communities? I look at the whole t parts of the business to try and be better prepared for that. And I think that's... Um, I'm passionate about that area. It should be the same for an individual or corporate to really try and figure that out. Those are the two sort of main pieces. But going into that, I sort of touched on it from, you know, power is going from the center to the edges. It's, it's what I call asymmetry in the sense that it's almost flicked on its head. You know, power used to be with big corporations, lots of assets, lots of employees, um, politicians, governments, you know, the center. Now it's sort of starting to move out and we see with innovation. Innovation is cheap because of information, because of the technology. Innovation is starting to happen more at the edges. You know, we're being disrupted 
by the two guys in a garage, and we will be increasingly be. Uh, so this is this is the challenge for these very established companies because that's that is what is happening, and that's the asymmetry in terms of how do you then how, how do you how do you adjust if that's the case, and the complexity of this exponential, you know, what's ahead of us, and all these new potential disciplines and links between existing disciplines. You know, when I talk about big discipline today, this disruption we've seen has been technology plus one, maybe two, you know, and that's been disruption. But what we're going to see is technology plus four, five, six disciplines. So we're going to see completely different disruption. I think that, this, you know, if you look back five, ten years, we have seen disruption to many industries, but what we're going to see going forward is just going to be at a different scale. I believe that, you know, and I think we, we just got to, um, it's going to happen. The complexity of that, of understanding what it is, means that we don't really know. So how do you, how do you structure your business if you don't know what's ahead? Because we don't. You know, and I think the whole, again, it's sort of the authority over emergence where it's probably going to come from here. You have to be so agile, you have to be so flexible as a business that you have to be able to respond really, really quickly. Otherwise, you may be out of whatever segment it is you're in very quickly. So the complexity, and even the, if you look in the future of complexity, even the complexity that we have seen in the last, or even today, or the years behind us, we don't even understand that in many cases. You know, we don't really understand the the human body, you know, doctors go in with it, you know, they're coming from a discipline. What's the disease? That's the cure. Isolated, right? We don't look at the whole body. We don't even understand the whole body, how everything works together. We don't understand how an ant, 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 you know, my Danish accent, uh, colony works because, they, you know, it just works in a way that we don't even understand that system. So the systems that are going to appear more and more are going to be almost impossible for us to predict or understand. So again, it comes back to how do we structure ourselves to uh, respond to that? And the uncertainty as well, the uncertainty of not knowing, is almost like, I think it's, it's going to be almost like in the street, strategic advantage not to know or not to plan because you can't actually plan. Um, so these are a lot of things that sort of go around in my head and what I, what, I, what I think about. Well, how does that then, if we bring it down to a more tangible stage or trying to see, well, uh, and I think of Work Club a lot here, what do we need to think about as a business to, to try and prepare ourselves as much as possible? So I've tried to sort of split it into an internal piece and an external piece and try to sort of highlight a few things on the external side. Um, I think it's important, and there can be many more or less, uh, and on the internal side as well. Um, on the external side, uh, you know, I think we're going to see much more staff on demand. So there's going to be a core team, very strong cultural core team that really understands this is the business. I think it's important that you set this, you know, big, audacious, hairy goal. You know, that's a huge goal. Everybody understands what that goal is out in the future. And the core team understands that. But you bring in spe uh, specialists, you bring in 
people as and as and when you need it outside your core team. It's all, it's it's it, you know it's already happening to some extent, right? Um, the community and I. When, when I think, I mean, it's easier for us because we have a community, but as, you know, whether it's, you call them clients or community, or whatever you call them, I almost think of them as a community. How do, you, how do you engage with them? How do you create a community where it's not top down? You as an authority is kind of pushing things out to them. How do you get the pull effect? So in some ways you're almost like Facebook or LinkedIn, where it's actually that whole community that's driving that platform, that is building. You know, you put some parameters around and say, these are the parameters that we as a brand and we as an experience are trying to create. But how do you really get the community to sort of drive it from there? And we become the guardians in, in some way. Um, I think a lot about that on Work Club. And, uh, you know, I challenge the team a lot. I don't think we have figured that out, you know, in terms of how we actually try and f flip that and get the community to sort of drive more. You know, I think we, we do certain things, I'll get back to that later, where we try and encourage that, but um, you know, I, I haven't got a solution to that yet, but it's, it, to me, it, it's gotta come from here to be sustainable. Um, algorithms, you know, algorithms is an everyday life now. Are they existing? They're already here. It, it's, I think it's, again, it's a factor of how do you tap into that? How do you use that to get your real-time data to really understand, get that real-time feedback to understand what is happening at the external side? Then there's another one, which I, I think the notion of, you know, the whole um, bigger companies owned a lot of assets. You know, the big guys had a lot of assets and, and the whole idea of assets is changing. It's, do we need to own assets? No, I think it's more leveraging other assets. I think we're gonna see more of that, and we're an example of that. But I think it's gonna go up to a level where we'll see big corporates. I mean, the biggest corporates, they already started selling off the assets. They're already starting to tap into leveraging assets. And I think this is gonna happen in workplace as well. They're gonna get rid of a lot of their workplaces and, and have other people operate the workplaces. I think that's, you know, that's the leverage assets. And then how do you engage that whole external community thing? You know, how, how do you actually engage into that and make sure that it's an authentic, it's a real engagement because whatever marketing story you put out, people are gonna see through it. You know, there's enough information out there to, you can't just put a story out, you gotta put a real story out. I think that's some of the, maybe the key in, in, in my mind when I'm sort of looking at on the external side, on the internal side, and I think that's where we as a team, as Work Club, are, are working a lot at the moment, um, is, you know, I'm thinking about interfaces and a dashboard that's going to take this real-time information from the external side that will make us agile. You know, it's easier for us in a sense because you're, you're members, you tell us if you don't like it, you know, so we'll know, you know, Shirelle knows or Kalina knows, we kind of get that feedback pretty quickly. So that's easier for us. But how do we know with real-time information how to adjust things? Because um, it's no longer about planning, I think. It's about being able to adjust. Experimentation, how do we create a structure that we can experiment and try different things. You know, what I always say to the team, I want you to try things. You know, I don't want just planning. I'm not interested in the planning as such. Maybe three months ahead, 
we have the big goal. Well, it's, I want you to try things. Let's try and be quick. And so, you know, failure is cheaper than planning, as far as I'm concerned. Um, uh, what, what else have we got? Um, See, I said never to have any slides or anything behind, right? Because, you know, it's going to come. So that's, I'm paying for that now. Uh, you know, <laughs> a, a, autonomy, I think, and it's, you know, the fact that you want to have, you want your team, you want your frontline staff, members, whatever you call them, to be able to make decisions on their own. And to me, that's, the, the key part is no longer the strategic planning. The key is building a culture that is so strong and that understands what we are trying to achieve that, Everybody from the front line to every part of the business knows how to make the right decisions for that business. You know, that is aligned with that culture. So the key piece is, it's not the plan, it's like the compass, you know, and as long as we have a clear end destination or very, you know, ambitious end destination, um, it's not going to be a straight line. And I've always said that it's not a straight line. You know, it shouldn't be. You know, it's about knowing where we want to go. And because of the reality we're stepping into, changes are just happening quicker and quicker. If we, can, if we can adjust and experiment and the teams can make the decisions because they know the culture, I think you will have a better chance to respond to, to those changes. So, you know, all these thoughts, I'm trying to distill them down into what does that actually mean? You know, and how do you try and um, make some sense of that. And, and that's a lot of what we are working on. And I think the sort of a key for Work Club, what I've always thought is that it doesn't matter as a member if you come in at a point where you know nothing about this topic, absolutely nothing, or you know a lot about it. To me, is our job and our role is to take people, you know, if we can sort of help them a little bit on the way to just have more knowledge, not to drive any agenda, but you know we're learning ourselves, but to take people on that journey and ex expose all of us to thoughts and case studies and ideas around what next. You know that's what Florian Skill is, is about as well, to try and drive those conversations. And I think as a structured way, we have three kinds of things that I think we do internally here to try and. Um, drive encounters, conversations between these disciplines and between members, and Florence Guild is, is one of them. And where it's, you know, we cap it at 60, but it's, you know, this is one way, if you have questions, you know, stop me and, and, and comment. But the, the notion, you know, the intimacy we get at this level. So if you think of intimacy scale of zero to 10, maybe we get two or three because we just, we're just too many people, right? To really sort of engage and to really get to a level where we make connections, meaningful connections. We have lunches around the table where we invite eight members because it's less. And I think from an intimacy level, we can get to a five or six in terms of that quality of, of connection and encounter. And then we, we're working on establishing what we call one-on-one, -on -one, which is call it office hours internally, but it's basically, say Fairly wants to open up her diary, you know, um, three hours, the mon first Monday of every month. You can open it up for anyone in the membership to book a time with you. You can say, I want 15 minutes intervals or 30 minutes. But the idea is that you open up your diary for whatever you feel comfortable with and people will book in a time with you and who knows what's gonna happen. 
So that's the kind of three levels. We haven't got to the last one yet. Um, you know, the whole system is just going back to the system. We're actually implementing a system in Work Club uh, by the end of April. Susan is driving that, she's loving that. Uh, but it's, it's trying to bring the whole front pieces that I'll talk about into this dashboard interface to, to try and get, um, to integrate all platforms. And also to create a platform for members to actually chat, to connect, even though at the, you know, from the outset, I say we never have an app, we never have technology, because it's all about getting back to the quality of face-to-face, -face. and you know you can only know 148 friends really, you know, and the rest is just noise. Um, but I think we're doing the, the systems part also because we want to grow, and I think across several sites it makes sense, but also because there are introverts among us who not necessarily is going to go up and talk to somebody they don't know. They may want to just look them up, you know, and see who are they, um, and then they'll feel more comfortable taking the next step. So the thing is, it's trying to think there's introverts, there's extroverts, you know, how do you, how do you bring that together? There's a fourth piece that we are working on um, at the moment, which is, um, it, so I, I'm very interested in education. I've got small kids, they're eight and six, and I think it's, uh, I don't want to put them through a normal system. I think it's, it's, it's no longer about, I don't like the word education, I think it's about learning. And I think it'll constantly be about learning, whether you're 70 or whether you're 18, or you know, it doesn't stop when you're 18 anymore. It just will continue, and it should be. Um, we were looking for courses along this anti-disciplinary emergence and, and culture and see if we could find courses out there, uh, and we couldn't. So we, we partner with a university, and we're not ready to announce it formally yet, but it's a, it's a small initial uh, module of six credits, you know, six days, where we will dive into this anti-disciplinary, you know, future of work uh, piece with academics and practitioners to try and engage that conversation, to try and really, um, you know, create more choice for us, you know, whoever wants to participate that, because it's, to me, it comes back to that choice. You know, I, for selfish reasons, I want to know, you know, I want to know what's ahead, or at least have a better understanding of it. And I think, um, to me, in an ideal world, if Work Club can provide more choice, more knowledge, without driving any agenda, uh, for all our members, you know, I would be proud. And I think we would, you know, um, that's much more important than the physical space. You know, the physical space is nice. And I can talk about the furniture for, for a long time, but that's not what it's about. You know, it's about that learning piece and how, you know, I see our job is to really try and um, just create more choice. So for the rest of the year of Florence Guild, we've scaled it back a bit. There is one you know, hero uh, speaker uh, f every month for the rest of the year. And we have seven themes that are dovetailing into this anti-disciplinary because you can look at it from many different angles. And we're going to try and go deeper with subject experts, try and look at case studies. So we, you know, we'll dive into politics next month. Um, we just confirmed it's going to be on the 30th of May. So there's a bit of time, but a great speaker there. And, and looking at politics, because what's happening in politics today is also 
is the power really at the center or is it starting to get much more collective? And are we seeing you know, a transition with Trump and everything we go through, that's just a short transition of people not really caring or you know, is the power really with him you know, going forward as well? So it's, we'll look at the political side. Um, June is education and we'll look at more you know, maybe the learning, constant learning, instead of, you know, what, what, what impact has this got for, for schools? You know, MBAs are going down um, significantly, or uh, numbers to MBA schools are going down. People don't, you know, need the paper anymore. I think they're more conscious of wanting something which is more uh, generalized, maybe not as specific, and something they can use in real time almost, something that can be used almost instantly. Um, it's not about the three, four year you know, here's a certificate anymore. And we'll look into algorithms, will be another theme. We'll look at community, you know, how to build communities. Um, you know, we'll, we'll look at several of those pieces that are set on the external and internal side of uh, how to rebuild, how to structure a business and try and go in and see how can we take something tangible out of that. And you may be able to do that, you may not, but I think nothing else, hopefully have everybody ref reflect on whether this means something for you or not, um, you know, that's, that's the objective. And then in December, we'll summarize. We'll look back, we'll try and summarize, and we'll um, announce the narrative for 2018. And throughout this process, we may, may try different experiments in terms of how we can get more engagement, how there can maybe be certain events that can be, you know, almost like an on-conference where we maybe, you know, so, so we'll throw some experiments in there uh, because we don't have the formula, you know, it's, it's um, all of it is pretty much experimentation. Um, I, um, I, I read this quote the other day and it's kind of, I, I think I just, I can't stop thinking about it because I think this is essentially what we are around, I think. Um, you know, the, the future is already here. That's what it says. The future is already here. It's just unevenly distributed, which I think is true, you know. And if, if we can help distribute that a bit more to our members, you know, I would be very proud and, and happy. Um, so that's what antidisciplinary means as a narrative. Uh, so I hope it makes a bit more sense now. Explore the Florence Guild podcast with the best talent from Australia and across the world. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes. For more information on Florence Guild, visit florenceguild.com.